0: The Show, I'm your host Aristotle Domingo and joining me today are members of Achilles Canada, the Canadian chapter of Achilles International. Every year Achilles Canada puts on the St. Patrick's 5k race in Toronto. We have Brian McLean who is visually and hearing impaired, who established Achilles Canada back in June of 1999 and two Achilles athletes, Sandra and Michael Ovitz. And Sandra, could you share your last name again with us because I don't want to mess that up.
1: Yeah, it's Darren Shinovich.
0: Awesome. Welcome to the show, everyone, and thank you for being here today. Let's start with the history of Achilles Canada, perhaps uh, with Brian, and share, you know, what Achilles Canada is and its goals.
2: Sure. Thank you. Um, Achilles Canada is a nonprofit organization, and our main purpose or focus as a uh, organization is we try to help as many people with both mental and physical disability to stay healthy and fit, and we use predominantly the sport of running slash walking and rolling if you have a wheelchair athlete as a form of physical activity to stay healthy and fit and a lot of people say well why running walking and rolling well guess what it's the most accessible uh, activity out there anyone can do it uh, in terms of walking and running you just need a good pair of running shoes and you can just start right outside, and you know, accomplish your goals and so forth. And as we all know, the benefit of physical activity is uh, greatly improved for both the body and mind. And uh, so that's what Achilles Canada is all about.
0: And um, Achilles International is based out of New York, or it started in New York, correct? Yes,
2: yeah, so it started in New York back in uh, nineteen seventy-six by a gentleman by the name of Dick Trom, and Dick Trom himself is an amputee runner. And uh, with an amputee uh, prosthetic leg, I should say, sorry. And he was the first uh, amputee runner to ever complete the New York City Marathon. And after doing the marathon, he started Achilles International. And I should educate everyone on the Canadian connection. He is a gentleman who inspired Terry Fox to do his Marathon of Hope across Canada. So it's a great connection there and uh, a long history with uh, Achilles International.
0: Awesome. Now that's so that's great to learn. But let's get to know Sandra and Michael as well. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your running journey and how you got started with Achilles?
1: Okay, so uh, I actually started Achilles back in 2013. Um, My sister uh, was actually talking to uh, another person who was visually impaired, who was a part of Achilles, who was a walker. And she said, um, because I've always heard that Achilles was mainly for runners and, you know, unfortunately, I'm not a runner, <laughs> I'm a walker. Um, so we were sitting around uh, at a restaurant and she was talking to this person said, i like, no, no, you can still come out, just come out and you can come and walk. So she started coming out and um, when she would come out, um, our cat would wake up at the same time as my, as my sister and, you know, and he'd meow, 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 meow. And I was like, you know what? if you're getting off, I might as well cut up off too. And so I actually came and started joining, coming out to Achilles too. And it was a great um, experience to come out because yes, there are, you know, guide walkers because um, I'm visually impaired and I need uh, um, someone to be, you know, help me and guide me. Um, so yeah, there were, you know, some fantastic guide walkers, um, especially, I have to say, Yola, uh, and I'm going to say her last name wrong because I always was hard, but Yola Baumgartner was a fantastic um, guide. She was my guide for quite a few years. I actually did three races, three Achilles races with her. Um, Fantastic person. Um, I can't say any, you know, I, I always said when I get to be her age, I wish I am just as great as Yola was because she was a fantastic lady. So I came out and you know I, I loved um, also how inclusive everybody was at Achilles. You know they you know they said yeah sure you want to come walk, well, come just come out and then afterwards you know we all would gather after everybody's done their walk or run and then go uh, out for brunch. I'm like oh we get social time too and not just time you know going for a walk but there's there's you actually get to go and you know have fun and eat and be with people so it was you know it's great time to be together um you know uh so we I did that ever since 2013 unfortunately with the pandemic we've had to um change things slightly um unfortunately we can't do our group runs and i know uh we all are very much missing that and can't wait for the pandemic to be over so we can get back to doing our group walk, runs, and rolls. Uh, we actually do have an, an athlete who is in a wheelchair and sh- who comes out every Saturday morning with us. Um, and so we're always looking for more guys once the pandemic's over to come out and join the fun because it is a great time. And we actually also, because it it honestly becomes like we have a little family, um, you know, extended family, uh, We do social things like potlucks, um, you know, get togethers. We've celebrated people's major birthdays, um, you know, when they turned 40, 50, whatever. (laughs) Uh, We went, uh, you know, we went went all together. Uh, We had one person who did over a thousand races and we celebrated that. So it really feels like it's an extended family that we have, you know, joined and have been a part of. For now i'm gonna say eight years <laughs> so it's, it's it's fantastic and actually right now during the pandemic we have been doing a bi-weekly uh zoom meetings so that way everybody can still take stay in touch and still keep uh you know on track and you know letting people know what are you doing if people are doing um virtual races what virtual race are they doing how are they keeping fit it yeah
0: that sense of community, I think, which all of us love about the running community. Michael, what about you? How did you get started with with Achilles, and and uh, what are your what's your journey been like with running?
3: I used to run a little bit on my own, um, and had taken part in Achilles, uh, the Saint Patrick's Day run, um, in previous years, uh, and um, I, I I knew Brian because we both have the same eye condition, um, retinitis pigmentosa, which um, causes you to slowly lose your peripheral vision and then it narrows into a a tunnel. Um, and, um, uh, my vision had gotten uh, bad enough that I kind of, I guess it's just unconsciously stopped doing certain things. Um, and, uh, well, uh, my good friend, Brian, um, kind of eh, took me out for lunch one day and, and asked why, um, why had stopped. Um, and, uh, anyways, he, um, got me to, um, join Achilles and found two, um, excellent guides for me. And, uh, within a few months I was, uh, I only had done, um, five kilometer runs. Uh, and, uh, I guess I caught the bug, um, the running bug and, um, did the, I think it was the, the, Toronto marathon, uh, half marathon, um, in 2005. And then, um, the following year I did uh, my first marathon with them. And then I really caught the bug in 2007. I did five marathons that year. <laughs> um, so it, it, uh, um, like Sandra was saying that it, it really boosts your, your self-esteem to get out and get active. Um, what else can I say?
0: <laughs> now, you both talked about guide runners and for you, Michael, and for Sandra, you talked about a walk uh, guide or a guide walker. How do you train
3: with them? Uh, when, so when I first started, I could actually just uh, follow my guide um, by running behind them. Uh, but it's, it's since um, gotten bad enough that I uh, have a tether. So the guide holds on to um, one end, you hold on to the other and. You're just side by side um, and um, there's, I mean, you, you kind of uh, work out uh, verbal cues and, and stuff like that, but um, it's kind of, you learn as you go.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with Michael. I actually use a tether when I first started um, because that was pretty much foreign to me. I used a person's elbow. So I would say for the first uh, year or two, I was just holding the person's elbow and we would just walk as what's called side guide. So we started that. And then I actually joined, there was a midtown group for a few years and I joined there. And when I was there, they really wanted, the person who was in charge of really wanted everybody to use a tether. And I'm like, what is this tether stuff? <laughs> so I started with it. And at first, it was kind of difficult for me um, because you have to rely on, you know, you're holding a piece of rope between you and the person. And so just learning how to do the tension, how to do, how, you know, so it all depends on the person. I find with certain people, I give them more of, uh, because I use, for my tether, it's a lanyard, actually has SpongeBob on it. <laughs> I bought it an old baby. So it's very, it's kind of a cute tether. But I, I, it's been between the two of us. And we, as Michael said, we walk side by side. Um, but certain people are, you know, shorter than me, so I have to give them more of the tether, and certain people are, my height or taller, so I can give them lesser of the tether. But I always try and keep the same tension on the tether, um, and then when we get to, depending on the person, um, some people are more descriptive than other people, but as long as we get along around obstacles, for me personally, if they feel like they need to tell me every little thing, that's awesome. If they feel that they just need to tell me things I need to know, that's okay too. I just kind of work around how much information I get from them. As long as, personally for me, as long as I don't trip and fall, I'm okay with how much information the person wants to give me.
0: Brian, I know you, in the newsletters that I receive from Achilles, you're constantly looking for guide runners. So I'm assuming there's a lot of runners and walkers waiting for guides. How does someone get involved with becoming a guide runner for Achilles?
2: Well, it's, it's really simple. Uh, basically, you just got to reach out to me or one of our fellow Achilles athletes or guides We put you on a mailing list. Um, you know, I start off with the generic questions in terms of, you know, whereabouts do you live in town? And the purpose for that is that, you know, as Sandra mentioned before, we do have group runs that take place every Saturday morning, starting at 830, and we usually run on the beaches. But a lot of our athletes are, um, are not able to de- get to the beaches. And some of our athletes, like Michael, you know, if you're training for a marathon, running once a week is not good enough. You know, you got to be out there four or five times minimum a week. So in the case of Michael, what I try to do with um, guide runners is I try to find some guide runners who happen to live nearby Michael, as an example, or any of the other Achilles athletes, and try to form a friendship with them. Um, and that just cuts down on travel time. And also for the Achilles guide runners, you know, it's not as if they got to hop in their car and go, you know, for a half hour drive to meet up with an athlete. It's always so much easier to run with someone in your own neighborhood. So it's the generic questions like that. Where about do you live? And then I also ask um, about the running experiences. You know, how many races have you done and what is their time? And time is important because what I try to do is match up the Achilles guide runners with an Achilles athlete of similar pace. Therefore, they're both running you know, at about the same pace or same speed so that they're able to keep up. There is one other thing I try to do, and that is I also try to make the Achilles guide runner be just a little bit better than the actual athlete themselves. And what I mean by that is I mean that they're usually about five or a 10-minute pace faster than the athlete. And the reason for that is on any given day a race day or even a training run, the Achilles athlete could be on fire. And what I mean by that is he is just feeling great, strong, and he wants to pick up the pace. And if he wants to pick up the pace, I want to make sure that that Achilles guide runner can keep up with you know, her or him Uh, during that period where they're feeling really strong. So that's the other key point is I always try to match up the athlete and the guide runner at a similar pace.
0: So you're almost acting like the umbrella coach for, for everybody at that point. And you know you're racing really well, Brian. So that's really impressive. And I was actually going to ask Michael, how do you train then as a, you know, from a 5K to a marathon runner, kind of going with what Brian just talked about, with finding you the person to get to either be ahead of your pace or get you to a pace where you can compete in in a marathon or you can complete a marathon. So, what's your training regimen like?
3: I actually do a lot of my uh, long runs. Um, well, uh, so two to, two uh, times a week, um, I do about a ten to twelve k run. It, it it starts you start smaller earlier on with shorter distances uh, multiple times a week but I think th- three months in you're usually up to about 10k twice or three times a week um, and then I do my long runs on the weekends um, and uh, I've I've uh, I thank, thanks a big thanks to uh, Brian for organizing all the guides because I I've uh, had a tendency to burn through a few of them <laughs> so yeah like he was saying um, having having to run four or five times a week that's you know to, to support an athlete you need almost a village of runners <laughs> and yeah you, my long runs go from uh, 20 kilometers when you start out to so about a month out from like race day they're usually over 30 30 kilometers um, so that's a, a big time dedication and yeah actually if I could just go back to uh, Sandra, you mentioned you run with a, um, a, a lanyard. Um, I, yeah. my, my, um, my tether is actually mountain um, climbing rope. <laughs> and the reason for that is because um, it, it's actually a, a really smooth rope and you don't get uh, any chafing off it because when you're having to hold on to something for, you know, four hours of a, a marathon, um, you want it to, to be smooth and not cause chafing. And, uh, a few, uh, I've, I've had it happen a few times where a, a runner in a, a large marathon tries to cut between you and your guide and gets a little bit of a clothes hang. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I was actually going to ask. So for your first marathon, did you have a guide for me?
3: Yeah. Uh, I actually had two guides. Um, one on each side when you're in a large marathon with, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people. It's kind of a a mosh pit. Um, so it's always best to run with two guides, kind of one on each side. Uh, and we all, we all run with, um, I have a a blind runner, um, sign on my back. Um, and then the, the running guides also have, uh, signs on their back. So people, um, can figure it out what's going on there and, and try and hopefully give us a little space. Sometimes you You know, the farther you get into a marathon, the more people are, um, uh, running out of electrolytes and bonking and not really being, uh, aware of their surroundings. So the, the clothes hanger thing tends to happen further into marathons, (laughs) but it's also really important to have two guides because, um, you know, if somebody get, if, if, uh, one of my, if I was with just one guide and they were to get injured, I'd be out of the race. And luckily that's never happened, but um, it, it's always great to have the, the, the second uh, backup there too. Yeah.
2: I was. If I can add to uh, Michael's comments, uh, that's great. When it comes to matching, um, a lot of the smaller races like 5, 10K, maybe even 15K, uh, most of our Achilles athletes can get away with just one running guy. As Michael said, once you get to the half marathon distance, 21 kilometers, I recommend two uh, running guides, just as Michael said, in case one gets injured, uh, you still got one to fall back on. Then when it comes to marathons, I actually prefer three running guides. And just as Michael said, when I run marathons, um, I like to have one out front so I can follow his or her behind. One is holding the tethered rope. And then the third guide runner is usually just a floater. And until we come to the water station, he or she will get us all water and then they'll change it up. You know, every five or 10K it can get tiring, um, you know, holding on to the tether. And if I could just share my story with everyone, um, I've run 11 marathons. And of the 11 marathons, I've started the race with three running guides, but I've yet to cross the finish line with all three. So if I have lost one or two, of my guide runners during the marathon, but thankfully that last person had managed to get me to the finish line. So that's just a funny little tip to share with everyone.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you, for a full marathon, does anybody sub in the middle of a a race? Are you allowed in a marathon to have another guy come on in and continue the race with you?
2: Uh, Yes. Fortunately, most of the race organizer for a lot of the uh, large marathons will allow you to make that changeover. Technically, you can change over at the halfway mark, 21 kilometers. Um, Usually what happens is that runner or guide runner will be running the marathon for free, which is very generous of the, again, the race organizers. Um, You know, they understand the importance of having a fresh guide runner to help that athlete get to the finish line for the last, you know, the second half of the marathon or half marathon. Uh, So it is great. So, yes, we do work that out as well.
0: The guide runners never get a marathon medal, or they do? They do.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Again, we operate on the honor system. All the Achilles athlete guide runners are phenomenal, and meaning that if the guide runner starts the race and finishes with the athlete, he or she can definitely uh, reap the awards of taking uh, the medal for accomplishing it. Again, like I said earlier, I try to match up athletes and guide runners of similar pace, I'm trying to also give that reward of finishing a marathon for the guide runner, saying, you know, not only did you run with an Achilles athlete, you also ran it within, you know, a half decent time as if you were running on your own, you would have finished in a similar time frame. I try to do that as well for the guide runners.
0: Right, so they get their own PBs as well. And now we're talking running talk. They, they get their own PBs as well. And they get their own same ranking as if they were running the race on their own.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That well, sounds good. And then Lisa, I'm, do you have the, or sorry, uh, Sandra, do you have the exact or similar yeah, experience? I gonna,
1: well, okay. So I've ne- I have never done a half marathon or marathon. The most I've ever done is a 10K. It's just, <laughs> that's, that's it for me, but that's okay. Um, and every single time I've done it with, my running guide not only do they get the medal but uh whenever you go to pick up the kit they have a kit for the guide as well as for me so they might not get a number in their kit but they will have a kit so for example if if we all get a shirt they get a shirt as well right and they will get the medal every single time i've done a race if i got the medal they got the medal so I've never experienced a, a one where I've gotten the medal and the guide has not. I mean, unless the guide themselves decides that they don't want to have the medal, but they are given the option. Like, I've never been in a race where they haven't been given the option of having a medal.
0: Now, can you share? So, uh, Sandra, do you mm-hmm. also have different running guide or walker guide, guide walkers or guide runners yep. throughout your week? Or do um, you have the same one every oh, yeah perhaps maybe share that your training regimen
1: okay so actually through Achilles we I've actually we've there's one person in the Achilles group that um it started off when I started with Achilles that found out that he doesn't actually look live that far from where I live so um we set up you know that he'd come get us um, before the, the race you know before and we just started developing a friendship and a you know sort of a relationship with him because we found out you know he likes to go swimming we like to go swimming stuff like that so what we have um now he, he's part of our he's our pandemic excep- exception I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody has an exception person um so i go for walks with him once a week at least um sometimes twice a week uh just because it's i have to i'm alternating with my sister um on saturdays so every at least once a week, um, I go with him. There's a cemetery in Scarborough that we go to because, oddly enough, in cemeteries there's nobody Mm -hmm. (laughs) walking or running. So there's a cemetery in Scarborough, which is fairly large. The route is about a 4k loop. We go and we go for a walk in there. Um, And then we do the 4k loop. And it's maybe a 10-minute drive from my house. So we'll do that. And then on Saturdays, alternating Saturdays, we'll go down to like the spit um, and go for a walk there. But yeah, so we'll go down to the spit. And sometimes we see other Achilles athletes out on the spit. Sometimes we don't. It all depends on our um, timing and where we are and where they are. But the spit is a very nice place in in Toronto to go for a uh, walk or run or, you know, whatever you can do Um, because it has its own climate zone. It's like, it's perfect. So in the winter, sometimes it's warmer. Than the temperature and sometimes in the summer it's cooler
0: so what's everyone's pace time or their their, their personal best I, I would ask maybe Brad, we'll start with you since you've done a lot of marathons what's your my pb for marathon
2: uh well you know what I'm, I'm not the fastest runner out there so i just um my fastest marathon is uh it's only been four fifteen, so four hours and 15 minutes um i just like getting out there staying in shape and um just the thrill of running with you know 20 30 40 thousand other runners it's, it's just unbelievable um brian you're faster than i am um <laughs> 4 four
3: twenty-four, and uh yeah hoping i'm well i'm aiming to be sub 4 in berlin but we're, we're gonna have to see how the, the training is gonna unfold in the months to come and sandra
1: uh 55 minutes for a 5k and i really that- had to push Get that. <laughs>
3: that's you know awesome. I, yeah
0: that's actually fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I have to Five, say I yeah. had that was the one time I actually had two guides and they both were awesome and were really helping they were talkative and they really pushed me to get to that 55 minutes so I was quite exhausted but very happy when we finished
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brian as the president of Achilles Canada the chapter has had huge successes over the years. I've participated in about three or four races since becoming an amputee a couple of years ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Achilles program? We've touched on it a little bit with uh, finding running guides, but what other programming is available or perhaps span on the programming of Achilles?
2: Sure. So our biggest program and most successful program is what we call a running shoe program. And it's a new running shoe program that we have set up for all our Achilles athletes. And basically all it is is to encourage them and show commitment from the Achilles athlete. And all they have to do is accumulate 500 kilometers on every pair of running shoes that they have. And that can be walking, running. You know, we are not really strict on it as long as you're getting out there and as long as you're showing the commitment that you're trying to get healthy and fit. So after every 500 kilometers of accumulation that you put on your running shoes. Achilles will give the Achilles athlete $160 toward their new purchase of a pair of running shoes. And that's our most successful program. It works really well. Uh, all of our Achilles athletes certainly take advantage of it. And we have some Achilles athletes that I'm, I'm telling you, they go through five or six pairs a year. And uh, it is just Great to see the mileage that they're putting on their running shoes, but we—it's a great program that we just offer $160 toward uh, a new pair of running shoes. And then for a lot of our Achilles athletes, um, I'm going to be right up front. Um, those with a disability, it is hard in the work workforce trying to get a full-time job and trying to get a you know a good-paying job. So um, you know, needless to say, a lot of Achilles athletes are on fixed income. And so because of that, you know, $160 towards a new pair of shoes is a huge uh, benefit for them as well. We will help those Achilles athletes with their entry fee to participate in races. You know, we don't want to exclude them because the income is not quite there. So we also help with their entry fee as well as proper running attire. And I mean, you know, during the winter now, you know, a good pair of, you know, tights or running jackets just to keep you a little bit warm is also important. So the Achilles St. Patrick Day race is our only and biggest fundraiser that we do for Achilles. Uh, we've been doing it since the year 2000. And all the money that we raised from that one fundraiser or race, however you want to call it, uh, go to support all our Achilles athletes throughout the year. So the race started back in 2000 as a 5K race. Uh, Just in the last couple of years, we have expanded the race to include a 1K kid run, which is great to see all the young kids out there having fun running 1K. And then we've also included a 10K race because a lot of our participants were saying, hey, can we, you know, expand it to a 10K? Our race takes place right downtown in Toronto, so trying to expand the race to a longer distance is really hard with the city of Toronto or the city politics, because, you know, they don't want roads shut down to traffic. Uh, So we have to keep the course short. Thankfully, you know, we have a certified 5k, you know, for the 5k race, and then for the 10k race, you just do the same route twice. And that's how you get your 10k race in. For this year, uh, 2021, we had a tough decision. So in 2020, the Achilles St. Patrick Day was the actual first race to ever get canceled here in Toronto because of the pandemic. So our race was canceled uh, four days before actual race day. So that was a real tough major decision that we had to make. And I'll be honest with you, we had a lot of participants who were upset that they weren't able to run the race. But you know what? We had to look out for the safety of everyone. And so we were told to shut it down. We shut it down. And here we are a year later, you know, we did the right thing, shutting it down. What we then did as a committee is that we had to decide, are we going to run our race again in 2021 virtual? As you know, throughout the world, all races have gone virtual and it's not the same as a live race. You don't get that feeling of running beside other runners or walkers. So it was a tough choice. But what we did in uh, early December is that we sent out a survey to all of our participants last year, asking them, give us some feedback. Would you support the race if we went virtually? And to my surprise, I was very surprised, but we had over 70% of the respondents said, yes, we would support Achilles Canada if it went virtual for 2021. And so sure enough, based on those numbers, which again, I thought was extremely high, I was only expecting 25, maybe 35% at the most, but 70% said, yes, we would support you. So because of that, we had to make, it was an easy decision saying, yeah, for 2021, we are going virtual. So this year, the race is virtual, but we changed it up a bit. Not a 5K, 10K, 1K. It's a month long challenge. So come March 1st, to march 31st it is the achilles saint patrick's day race challenge and what i mean by challenge is that you as an individual as a participant you can do what you want during the month of march meaning you can just run once for 5k or you, or you can run run once for 10k any distance you will like and you'll be considered a finisher or and because it's a challenge you can try to accumulate as many kilometers as you can run, walk during the month of March. I myself, um, as the race director, believe it or not, in 20 years of this race, I have yet to run my own race. So here we are virtually, I do not have an excuse for not running it this year for the very first time. And I have to set out a goal for myself that I plan on running every single day of the month. So 31 days in total at a minimum of five kilometers per day. So that's my goal, that's gonna be my virtual race, that's my challenge. And that's the beauty of this race is that whatever you set your mind to, whatever you set your goal to for the month of March, you can accomplish it. And more importantly, know that your entry fee is going to support our Achilles athlete for the rest of the year and so on.
0: That's great to hear, actually. I saw that in the registration. Not a particular fan of running outside in the winter time. So to get me out on that St. That Patrick's Day 5K race is usually, oh, no, not today. It's minus 12. <laughs> oh, no, not
2: today. It's minus 10.
0: But you do it because, yeah. you
2: know, it's like, but I got to do it. Well, and not to discourage anyone, but, you know, in 21 years that we've run this race, we have had some very warm days where people are out there in their shorts and short sleeve shirt doing the Achilles St. Patrick's Day race. So we've had some warm days. And yes, to your point, we've had some cold ones, so.
1: Actually, what um, we've actually noticed that the very fast people uh, end up wearing shorts uh, or singlets and very shorty shorts. But then, you know, the, the majority of people you can see are wearing more appropriate attire for the weather.
0: <laughs> what are your experiences, Michael? And, and Sandra, you can expand on your experience of running these days. What is that like for you when you run the St. Patrick's Day Race?
1: So for me, um, I, again, I'm one of the people that are bundled up looking like a snowman um, because as a walker, you don't gain as much heat as you do w- when you're a runner. So uh, usually <coughs> usually, I, I'm the one who is, you know, um, if you can see my eyes, um, that's a positive thing because usually it, it has been cold. Um, my experience is uh, since 2014, we've had quite a few cold. Uh, runs but they're it, it's so encouraging because because of again of all these Saturday runs we we know a lot of people in the group so you know as you're walk as you're doing your your 5k you're passing all of your fellow runners or walkers that you know from the things so they're like you know um so especially if my guys know the other people they'll be like you know here comes John here comes Cindy here comes whatever right um so it, it's, it's quite fun. And, um, you know, especially, you know, I, I've been where cause I'm faster. Than, oh, actually my sister is faster than me. And so she will come, you know, and, and we have passed her and they've been like, Sandra, look, there's, there's your sister. I'm like, yeah, I know. So I know how much longer also to do the, you know, cause usually it's near the turnaround and you're like, how much more, but it, always a great event and then you know at the end you get well for those who like beer you get beer (laughs) but you get to have some nice warm chili to go into your body to warm you up um which is great and then you get to hear all your fellow uh, athletes who um you know some of them um who run you know for the Achilles athletes the ones who end up on the podium so you get to hear people and you're like yay I know that person I know this person Woohoo! good for them <laughs> so that part is quite enjoyable and then sometimes afterwards um the Saturday group will all go out to um, a pub afterwards depending uh, we've done that for the past a uh, few years so that that was kind of fun to do um to you know to get some more social time after the
0: actual race. I think it's all that sense of community, right? And and yep. who doesn't love a banana and a protein bar and chili and <laughs> beer? The free beer and the chili at the end of it all makes it's it all worth chili. it. What about Michael? Uh, what's your experience been like with, uh, running the uh, Achilles St. Patrick's Day race? L-
3: like your well, like Brian said, um, there there has been many um, actually uh, warmer or racism, but it's the cold one, that that one cold one that you never forget. (laughs) Um, just there's so many, um, great volunteers, uh, from the Achilles organizations that, that help put on the, the event. Um, I, I, from previous years, always enjoy going down there and just meeting so many, um, meeting up with so many, uh, familiar faces, um, and, uh, great friendly people. Um, and, uh, just the, the course marshals, um, a lot of them know the Achilles athletes names. So they're always, uh, you know, um, calling out your name and giving you, um, additional encouragement. Yeah. I'm with Sandra. I, I really look forward to the, the hot chili and, um, the steam whistle. <laughs> I, uh, was training regularly in September, October, and November, but uh, just because of the lockdown, I haven't really been out uh, running lately. But um, as soon as that lifts, I'll be heading back out to uh, Mount Pleasant Cemetery with my guide to get some kilometers in. But uh, we, I, I have put a virtual team together for this year's race, uh, a, a team of 10. And uh, we're going to do a, a, a socially distance group run out in uh, Mount Pleasant Cemetery, which is a, a 5K loop. And uh, I'll definitely have a, uh, a six-pack of steam whistle waiting for me in, in the <laughs> fridge when I get home. <laughs> just to keep the tradition alive, right?
0: I, I was going to say absolutely, right? I was going to ask, just speaking about the route, um, my wall, so after the turnaround on Wellington, right, And then you know you're at the last bit when you see that uphill on Spadina. Must that uphill be included in there? Can't we root that somewhere else after the turnaround? (laughs) Because your legs are about to give up at that point. I don't know about you guys. As a double amputee, first of all, running uphill on running blades is quite the (laughs) challenge. Your thighs, your glutes, everything is, is just activated at that point. But you're also at the last kilometer of your race and you're like, I'm done now <laughs> I have to go up this hill and then you're you're pushing so much at that hill but that when you get to the top it feels like your legs have run off of you and you can't control yourself
3: so where yeah. in that route do you find the most challenge I'm I'm with you it's that spot <laughs> you feel you get to the top of that 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 hill and you you kind of feel like you have rubber legs and <laughs> then you have to go down it <laughs>
1: I'll be honest. For me personally, um, my hardest is, and this is just the way that I, I kind of roll. For me, it's it's actually the from the start until we get to that hill because I my body doesn't warm up very quickly, right? But once I get like so once I know that we're we've done good, and especially for me, if I know that the that I've gotten to the hill and my the, the fast people are on their way back then I know I'm doing really well like I've actually had it where I've made it to near the top of the hill and the fast people are just starting their way down and I feel I know for me I feel really good if I can do that because I know that I'm going faster than I normally would because for me starting is always the hardest I finish really well but I start very slowly.
0: <laughs> Michael what about you?
3: What's your wall on your five k? Your half and your full, or do you hit a wall? On the five k, it's probably yeah. um, three hundred meters from the finish line where you're. <laughs> you can see the final. You can see the the finish line. You're like, come on, can you get closer?
0: Yeah, yeah, now
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Exactly. For I think uh, for a half marathon, it's usually sixteen kilometers. Is um, where you, I don't know if you can push through for the next three after that, then, um, you know, 20, comes pretty quick with marathons. It's in the mid thirties where you, <laughs> you just, you kind of think like, I don't think I got enough in the tank to finish this thing. And then, you know, when you get to the higher thirties, you can just push through and the, 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 the sound of the crowd and the cheering and, and, It it just takes you through the those last kilometers. Yeah. Right, just motivates you. And what about you, Brian?
2: Well, just like Michael said, mostly and uh it's mostly the last five K, five, six K, depending on the distance is uh when you hit the wall. Um I don't find I hit the wall in a five or a ten K it's just too short. And you know what, I'm not a fast guy, so I don't go out for speed in the five or 10 K. I just kind of like to take my time and just finish it. Um, my favorite distance is the 21 kilometers. I think running for two hours, is just the right amount of time for me. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I'll hit the wall every now and then it all depends on, you know, if I didn't eat properly the day before, I didn't take in enough uh, water during the first half of the half marathon, but you usually mm-hmm. a lot, you know, 3 4 5 kilometers of any race you when you hit the wall.
0: Now um, Brandon, just want to go back to Achilles again. Organizations also use this opportunity to raise funds for other organizations to to raise funds for themselves as well. How does that come about or how does that work out in the the long run uh, with helping Achilles athletes as well?
2: Sure. That's that's a great idea. That's another great concept that we have with the Achilles St. Patrick's Day race. We have what we call a third party Party. partnership. And basically, it's uh, a program that we offer to other charitable organizations that you can partner with our race to use it as a fundraising tool within themselves. So the only commitment I ask from the charitable organization is you just got to enter a minimum of 10 runners, walkers, and whatever money your team raises, uh, 100% of it goes back to your organization. So we've been doing this since the beginning. Basically, The first couple of years we didn't do it, but we've been doing it since the beginning almost. And I am proud to say that after 21 years of doing the St. Patrick's Day race, we have raised more than $1.3 million for other charitable organizations. None of that money goes to Achilles. It goes to the other uh, charitable organizations. And the reason why we do it is not only is it a fundraising tool for those other organizations, a lot of those other organizations do not have a fitness program for their members within the club. And so in that case, then this is where Achilles comes in. We try to benefit from that ter- in terms of, you know, if they have one or two athletes that like to continue on running or walking throughout the year and they don't have their own fitness program, we all were trying to do is or we're hoping that they all come to Achilles Canada so that we can help them to keep on running, walking throughout the year to remain healthy and fit.
0: That's really great to hear, and I like hearing the impact of not only to the participants achieving their their activity goals, but also the impact to the organizations. That's a lot of money to be raised uh, through the efforts of the uh, St. Patrick's Day's run. Um, COVID-19 has definitely impacted the race last year. We talked about that a little bit this year, and, and how it will continue moving forward virtually. Can you share with us some of the challenges, if there are any? Uh, with virtual races now Brian you shared you know 75% of people supporting going going virtually this year again has there been other challenges in setting up something virtual
2: yeah there has been some challenges and one of the biggest challenges I'm finding with our participants is that you know we're already getting burned out with virtual races you know to sign up for a virtual race and then they send you you know a t-shirt medal whatever it is uh, for participating is great but um, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, it's not the same as running side by side with fellow runners, all accomplishing the same goal of reaching the finish line. So I have noticed a uh, number of runners getting burned out with virtual races, and so the challenge for all the race directors out there is how to make their virtual race a little bit different than the others, so that they can attract runners and walkers, and. I'll be the first to admit it's hard. So I'm going to tell you with the Achilles race, we decided not to do a medal and we decided not to do a race shirt this year only because the number one reason is the cost. The cost of mailing out the weight of the medal and the size of a shirt everyone just affected our bottom line. And I couldn't believe it. So we decided not to do that. And again, as part of our survey, We asked people what they wanted, and by a large number or percentage, most of our participants said that they would support our race and they would just make a donation towards Achilles, which is phenomenal. You know, I can't thank them enough for that. But in turn or uh, in return for that, what we decided that this year we are making a race buff. And it's a buff, and what I mean by a buff, it's a a simple neck guard that will keep your – neck warm while running out in this cold weather. Uh, So that's what we are providing for all our participants. No race shirt this year, no finisher medal. We're offering a a neck buff. It's beautiful, it's great. It's got our main logo on it. It's got three of our biggest sponsors on it. And again, if you register before March 1st, we want to mail out your buff as quick as possible so that you can get it certainly by the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, the official day so that you can wear your buff out on your run at any time during the month of March. So that's the challenges that we have faced for this year's virtual race. For you, both Michael and Sandra,
0: how are you finding the motivation to to go out and do races and train?
3: Um, honestly, I, I just due to the the, the lockdown, I, I I have not been out running since the end of November. Um, so I'm waiting for those conditions to uh, subside before uh, I'm able to to go out with a guide again. But it, yeah, it was uh, honestly I, I feel um, more motivated to go out and and get some fresh air just because there's absolutely nothing else to do, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I I found my 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 mood and my my mental health was. Like just a lot better in in October and and early November when I was heading out and and doing uh, five uh, to ten k uh, three times a week, um, so I am very much missing those runs and um, I, I'm looking at uh, the St Patrick's Day run and the Achilles Challenge in in, in March uh, as a great opportunity to to get back into that uh, into the activity.
1: Um- so, during a pandemic, personally, I haven't, um, except for the Achilles International Challenge, which uh, I signed up with, with all of the Saturday group, I haven't really signed up for any of the other um, races, the virtual races, um, because it is harder to find a guide, because right now, you know, people are so cautious, and so you have to be sort of careful of, you know, who do you want as a guide? You know, how are they going to help you achieve the goal that you want? Um, so I'm kind of, you know, I am going to do the Achilles challenge in March, but um, with, you know, the person I'm doing. But it's it's a little bit trickier this year or right now because um, with, you know, the shutdown and us not being able to gather in groups, it's harder to uh, get guides who are willing to come out right now and willing to... You know, guide someone else, um, because of all the sort of cautionary we have to be with the social distancing and the masks and everything. So um, I find it tricky right now, and that's why I'm I'm really really hopeful that we can, you know, get everybody vaccinated, get back to a more sense of more normalcy that we can get, and we can get out there and we can start doing our group runs and group walks and group roles and getting back to more of a, you would say a normal way of doing things, because then I think we all will get back because I, I, you know, with some of those, that's how we get our more, our physical activity more up. Cause I know during the pandemic, um, you know, I, I do some other activities and unfortunately they've been canceled due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And i so waiting for everything to get back to normal because I can't wait to do uh the spinning class that we do with you know uh one of the athletes from Achilles has a spinning class that we all go to I do on um, do dragon boating which I love and have so missed and so it's all of these things that with the pandemic it's just made it more difficult and more trying but you know we still keep at it and He'll keep moving forward until the day that we can everything gets back to normal we can go back to all the fun stuff.
0: I agree with you both. what's next for you guys Michael we know you have a run coming up in September that is sure right now as to how that's gonna happen. What else is next for you as far as running goes?
3: yeah sorry the pandemic. up <laughs> it's hard to answer um, but I, I am uh, I have started putting together um, a, a running schedule uh, in a training program that I want to, well, I'm going to be kicking off in March to ramp up into, uh, through the summer. And then, uh, again, I'm very optimistic about, uh, Berlin. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to fly over and, uh, participate in the Berlin marathon on September 26. So yeah, just, uh, right now what's ahead of me is, uh, just putting the, the training program, and um together and 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 getting started uh and of course brian i'll be reaching out to you for uh help with guides (laughs) which i i tend to burn through when i'm training up for uh the big one so yeah
2: i'll do my best for you
3: (laughs) and sandra uh
1: so i currently don't have any plans just because with the pandemic we don't know when we're gonna get back to normal um in the past i have done and actually i'm wearing right now My longboat shirt, because that is one of my favorite ones besides the St. Patrick's Day to do longboats is usually the first weekend in September. And it's on the island, on the Toronto Islands. They're very nice. Um, It's a very nice race. Everybody's very friendly um, there. And, of course, at the end, um, you get um, a burger and some food, which is always awesome. Um, I've also done the Tannenbaum races in the past so again for me it all depends on what happens so for me things are kind of on pause until we know until we know more and we know where how things are going because I I personally um, I find doing virtual races hard so I'm waiting Um, and I'm really hopeful that come September Michael can go and do his race and we can get back to doing races in maybe in smaller groups but at least back to some sort of (laughs) normal-ish. Yeah.
0: So, Brian, you talked about the virtual race happening this year. So can you direct us as to where can people find out more details about the March Challenge, and where can they register to participate?
2: For sure. Thank you. Yes, Uh, really simple. Just uh, get on your website, your computer, and go to uh, AchillesCanada.com. You'll come to our main webpage, and then you'll also see the St. Patrick's Day link. That'll take you right to the registration page. You can also go to raceroster.com. That'll put you right on the landing page. And then we also have our own Achilles St. Patrick's Day uh, race challenge webpage as well. So they've got a number of options. You can always reach out to me by email. uh, If you're having any problems or questions, I'm more than willing to help you out there. And again, I encourage you, uh, you know, thank you for listening in on this show. Register today and we will uh, mail out your buff, your race buff as soon as we can so that you'll have the opportunity of wearing it uh, for one of your run walks during the month of uh, March. Get your green on. That's great. (laughs) Get your green on. Yeah, that's that. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm sorry to say to our one of our number one sponsors since the beginning, Steam Whistle, we are unable to give out a uh, beer at the finish line. Um, However, you know what? We do have some challenges through the month. And Steam Whistle, you know, through their partnership and generosity, are providing free beer for those who run the most kilometers or those who run as often as possible. And I shared with you all what my goals are so I could be one of the guys that you're competing against.
1: You
0: just upped the game now. I wish you mentioned that
2: earlier. Now I have to. I've never run this in 20 years, so I'm making up for 20 years of not being able to race this. Uh, so I'm running every single day, 5K. I've got my lovely wife and son who are also registered for the race. And we're going to do some fun run together. Uh, we're just going to have a blast. And, yeah, I'm running for 31 days. So.
0: Right now, see, you just upped the game. Who doesn't want beer at the end of a race? So, so that's really oh, great to hear. Yeah. So as an NPT running myself, discovering Achilles Canada for me has been uh, very instrumental in my running journey. It's that time of the year that I get to run with fellow runners and running enthusiasts with different abilities, and that anyone can truly participate in and hopefully self actualize that they are runners and that they can do this and that they can have active lifestyles. I want to thank Brian, Sandra, and Michael for joining me today. I will share all the links on my website at www.arisolatomingo.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The Two Show. Until next time, I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and this has been The MTO Show Podcast.